I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast. I'm your host, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh and friends. We are over 18% of the way through the NFL season already. Can you believe it? I sure cannot. So week three was another wild one. And as always, 13 games is simply too much action for one human to handle. Maybe when we hit the buys and we have less to cover, I'll cut someone. Now all the help I can get. That help, as always, comes from Dr. Dynasty. You can find him on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser from underscore from underscore OKC. It's Dr. John Chansey. Hey, Jack. Glad to be here tonight, but I'm not going to lie. I come to you tonight as a sad panda. My Sooners just let me down so bad yesterday. They were 28-point home favorites over Kansas State. A revenge game, mind you, as well. And not only did they blow the spread, uh, they didn't cover. They didn't even win the game. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm a little bit sad about that still. And uh, to quote another famous Oklahoman, Joe Exotic, you might be familiar with, I may never financially recover from this. Um, <laughs> so I'm just wondering, is it too late to cancel college football? Can we can we still talk about that or no? Well. I'm no, sorry. I think we're a, I think we're a little bit past that point, John. I am so sorry. Of course, we will respect your wishes and just yeah. not talk about Oklahoma for the rest of the night. That's uh, but of course, John is here to offer not only a recap on the day, but also a projection into the future. As the doctor of dynasty, John is also here to offer us tips on whose stocks rising, who's falling. And speaking of which, in dynasty, do you think Spencer Rattler's draft stock fell or rose this weekend, John? You know, I. I think it's, uh, don't, we can't even talk about it. It's too soon. It's too soon. Next week, he's probably going to throw like six touchdowns and completely uh-huh. weigh me again. So I don't know. Ask me again in a week. Poor tortured Oklahoma fan. Uh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, since 13 games is too hefty a feat for even two people to handle, we are once again joined by the important nonsense IDP expert. You can find him on Instagram at the real NWB. It's Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee, how's it going today? I am good, Jack. And good things come in threes like this podcast. Jack, John, and WB. And we are in week three. This is pivotal, pivotal for our observations and fantasy. Because the reason I say this is if something happens untoward and happens once, that's an aberration. If it happens twice, that's coincidence. But if it, ha- if it happens for a third time in quick succession, that's a trend. And after today's main slate, we now have some trends and observations that we can action and exploit for the rest of the season. I'm talking about defenses that we can exploit, um, players we can target. It's good times. Let's get it. Let's get into it. What an introduction. You know, I try to set you up with a good introduction, get the people on your side. I, I don't need to. I don't need to help you out. That was fantastic. It is a pleasure, as always, to have you on the show, Nee. And, of course, it's a pleasure to be recapping all of this action with the two of you. But as you know, this is my show, and as my contract states, I get to pick the first game, and that's why this is always my favorite part of the show. So as we lead into the 1 o'clock window, we kick it off with the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the New England Patriots. And I am sorry to say... 
But for the first time, and probably the last, Cam Newton had a disappointing day in fantasy. Superman ended the day with just 162 passing, 27 on the ground, and a passing touchdown with a pick as well. Raiders basically said Cam's not going to beat us on the ground, and Edelman's not going to beat us through the air. And so the Patriots just said okay, and it was a running backs game. Sony Michelle looked good for the first time in like five, six years. Had 117 yards on nine carries. I was shocked. And then Rex Burkhead pulled off the hat trick, picked up 98 yards on 13 touches, including seven receptions, had two rushing scores and a receiving score. So what a day from this backfield. you love to see it. Now, on the point of the backfield, I got a question for our man, Dr. Dynasty. John, is J.J. Taylor, is he tailor-made as a running back pickup in Dynasty? That's a really good question, Nee, and I would say yes, in deeper leagues, 12 teams, 14 teams or more, you definitely got to go out and grab J.J. Taylor, throw him on your taxi squad. Um, he, he looked okay today and with some limited touches. We're talking you know, 11 carries, 43 yards, 3.9 yards per carry is nothing to write home about. Um, and I feel like there's just going to be a, one of these games where J.J. Taylor really is going to break out, um, but being able to predict that game or having any faith that he can reproduce afterwards is um, all for naught, I feel like, with the Patriots' backfield. So um, it's worth a flyer, but that backfield is so messy that I would be very cautious um, about, you know, hoping what are you going to get out of that particular pickup. Especially with the return of James White and Damian Harris on the horizon, we will see Damian Harris come off of injured reserve, and we will hopefully see James White rejoin the team shortly. So great day from the Patriots as a team. Great team win. Not a great day for the Raiders. Derek Carr completed his usual 75% of his passes, but he had just 261 yards and two scores, and they kind of just needed more out of him in this game. Yeah, this game felt like a tale of two halves for the Raiders. I mean, they were pretty competitive in the in the first half, but they really sort of let it get away from them. I mean, uh, too many fumbles on their side. You see, you know, Jacobs, really hate to see Jacobs have a fumble. Uh, Carr, I think, fumbled at a couple of his own. He lost, which are, you know, for fantasy purposes and for the the, the ability to win the game is, is you know, uh, you hate to see that. But I think the big story, I think, is just, the Pats defense uh, for fantasy purposes, for real football purposes is legit. I think uh, even with all the names they lost um, from, you know, uh, from last season with people opting out, I think they're still really good. And I think Bill Belichick is continuing to just out coach on the defensive side of the ball. Jacobs end of the day was 71 yards on 16 carries, which is fine, but he didn't find the end zone and had the fumble, so that really hurts. Really, Hunter Renfro was the only fantasy winner on the Raiders, 84 yards and a teeter on six catches. So that was pretty exciting to see. Oh, not so fast, my friend. This week, there is yet another winner on the Raiders offense. We, we are all so lucky. We get another trip to the island of Foster Moreau. Uh, who had two catches, 25 yards, and another touchdown. This guy is a sneaky good red zone threat for the Raiders. I know Waller gets most of the love and hype, obviously so, but Moreau has a knack for the end zone, so I think he's a sneaky good pickup in Dynasty. Uh, also, he has one of my favorite nicknames in all of the NFL, so uh, more reason to pick him up. The Island of Foster Moreau. Sounds like a TV show where a ship is marooned and people have to get off. Anyway, um, IDP MVP for this game, I went for Patriots defensive end, Dietrich Wise. The Wise guy, if you will. He came up with three solo tackles, two assisted tackles, half a sack, and a touchdown. you love to see a touchdown from our IDP guys. Now, I will temper this um, by saying that the Patriots defense much like their backfield is a bit of a rotational lottery you never know what you're going to get each week 
So if you want to chase the points and go after wise, that's your prerogative. But for this week, we're going to take our hat off to Dietrich Wise. As always, we do have to watch out for the Patriots. And Derek Carr does live to fight it another day. And if we don't react to this and remember the Saints game that he had, I think he's played well enough that Marcus Mariota is not a threat at all. And speaking of Mariota, the man who replaced him, Ryan Tannehill, did not have the world-beating performance that I was hoping for, and neither did Adam Humphrey. So Tannehill still completed 62.1% of his passes, 320 yards, but he had no scores thanks to the vulture Derek Henry and six Steven Gostowski field goals. So he's back, apparently. Ugh. Also, uh, Humphreys caught 441. Corey Davis had 5 for 69. Nice, but I told you it wasn't going to happen. Corey Davis is never going to happen. Jonu had a 5 for 61, which is kind of what you expect from a tight end, a solid day. And just one of those days where I was wrong and Tannehill was pretty much just average. Yeah, another solid day from, or another average solid day from Tannehill, but also another um, dynasty pickup to consider. Uh, I think I'm seeing more and more targets and more catches go to Khalif Raymond, <clears throat> wide receiver for the uh, Titans. He had three catches today for 118 yards. So I think, uh, you know, it, it definitely doesn't it doesn't help Corey Davis's stock any at all. But I love to see Khalif Raymond getting getting more involved in the offense. I think Khalif Raymond just scares me because Taewon Taylor burned me so much in the past and they just remind me of each other. So I think that's it. But another guy who you should pick up in Dynasty is Derek Henry. Have you ever heard of him? Interesting, because I was hearing people on Twitter calling Derrick Henry a bust through two weeks because he hadn't found the end zone, which was ridiculous. The guy was leading the league in carries, and we knew the touchdowns were coming, so why were we upset? And, oh, surprise, it happened. 26 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns, and also had two receptions for 11 yards. So if you complained about Derrick Henry over the past two weeks, you don't deserve him. Yeah, Jack, sort of echoed that point. There there are two takeaways, I think, from this game. One, Derrick Henry's back, a.k.a. he never really left. Uh, he's still, you know, one of the most dominant fantasy running backs. And if you, you, you know, if you could have a chance to have him on your roster, you, you need to. But the other takeaway is the Vikings are just bad. Uh, I think they're putrid. I'm not sure what happened. But I mean, obviously they had a quite the road, cha- you know, the changeover in, in talent from year to year. But uh, they just look like they are uh, worse off than even even some of the worst case predictions had them. So I'm not sure. Are they starting to show signs that they are? Uh, tanking for Trevor or losing for Lance, or are there any other players we might throw in there with with clever uh, clever wordplay? For Fields, of course, we cannot forget about that. Ah, but of course, honestly, yeah, they're really bad. The offense looked better today. Dalvin Cook really got going to the tune of 181 yards on the ground, 199 total with a touchdown. But Kirk, he looked better. He had the three touchdowns, but he still only had 59% of his passes completed, 251 yards, and he still had those two picks. So again, it's a bad performance from Kirk Cousins. So with the Vikings stinking and Jimmy Butler about to go to the NBA Finals with the Heat, it is a rough time for Minnesota sports fans. Pour one out for them. Yeah, but also uh, you got to remember, though, there's something to be excited about in Minnesota, and I think it's Justin Jefferson. He really showed up today, and I think he is. Uh, he was one of my, my favorite wide receivers in the draft coming out. Uh, he really showed up today with seven catches for 170 yards and a touchdown. I actually have him in both dynasty and <clears throat> redraft leagues. And my big question is, has he just become a must start either in both one or the other? What do you all think? That is an interesting question. So I don't know about that, but in his breakout game, he did lead the team in targets with nine, four more than any other player on the team. Dylan had just three of five for 29, did have the score to bail out his day, but 
outside of field, there's no competition. If Jefferson can pass him, maybe this was just a matchup dependent thing, but if he can pass him, there is production to be had from Jefferson. And to round things out, Kyler Rudolph had another highlight reel grab. Pretty much just his role at this point is to catch a six-yard touchdown pass in a ridiculous manner because Kirk Cousins can't hit him accurately. But at least he has a role. Irv Smith does not. He had zero targets on the day. Anyways, Nee, what do you think about Justin Jefferson before I get too sad? He has, he's rising up the ranks. It looks like he's already supplanted B.C. Johnson. I thought Johnson was going to get a shot to be number two to Thielen's number one, but Looks like JJ has come through with the goods. So if you can get him, get him. And if not, just kick back and enjoy it and see if you can get him next season in redraft. Um, on the IDP side of things, there are some more bright lights for Minnesota. On a ball was a pretty bad day for the Vikings. Uh, my IDP MVP was the safety, Harrison Smith. Now, this is a guy who we expect to put up good numbers, but still, you got to keep your caps on nice little stuff. He had six solo tackles, three assisted tackles as well. A pick and a pass defense. Harris Smith, Harrison Smith, one of the elite safeties in um, IDP football. Harrison Smith has just been so consistently underrated for years. Uh, moving on to his former coach, Kevin Stefanski, I guess he wasn't really coaching Harrison Smith directly because he's on the defensive side of the ball. But Stefanski and the Browns, Baker Mayfield had another quiet day, only 156 yards passing, but he completed a super nice 69.6% of his passes through two scores. And most importantly, no interceptions from Baker Mayfield. You absolutely love that. Yeah, and you've also got to love uh, that the Browns were able to cover uh, seven-point favorites today against the Washington football team. And they're also above 500 for the first time in I don't know how many years. Uh, what a glorious day for gamblers and Cleveland fans alike. Uh, also, for fantasy production, you got to love to see that Chubb and Hunt continue to be one of the most dominant backfields. Both were able to find the end zone. Still seeing somewhat of split carries between the two, 19 for Chubb uh, and 16 for Hunt. Yeah, they, they, they split carries, and be, let's be clear, though. Nick Chubb is by far the better player. So 108 yards and 5.7 a carry with the two scores on the ground. Hunt had 46 and 2.9 a pop. So Nick Chubb is infinitely better, but Hunt has that role in the receiving game, had the receiving touchdown, saves the day for Hunt GMs. It's a two-backfield committee, but it was only the running backs who mattered, at least in fantasy. So Odell caught four for 59, Jarvis four for 36, and Hooper three for 25. It was really, it was backup rookie tight end Harrison Bryant who caught the other score for three yards. You hate to see it for Odell. You hate to see it for Jarvis, but you love to see it as a football team for the Browns. And speaking of football teams, you hate to see it for the Washington football team. Haskins looked rough. A couple of questions that my takeaway from this game. One, I mean, obviously I was impressed with the Browns, but thinking about the Washington football team, uh, I'm wondering how long of a leash is Dwayne Haskins going to be given by uh, Ron Rivera on this one? Uh, and then also kind of related to that, what about Dontrell Enman? He caught two touchdowns today. Should he be rostered? I'll go ahead and take both off the air. Yeah, look, um, it's interesting with the uh, situation with a quarterback because Alex Smith, he's still on the roster. and He's, he's uh, scratched today. I don't know if they're going to look at Kyle Allen as a as a guy to step in to start, but Alex Smith could be a comeback player of the year candidate, as well as another guy who I'm going to talk about very shortly. Um, are they tanking for Trevor? Yeah. Or what, do we give the Cleveland Browns credit here because their pass rush is so awesome? They they, they got to Haskins often. Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, they were sacking him. They were putting him on the ground. They had his number so often. So it is interesting. What do you guys think? Is this 
a bad um, passing performance or the Browns pass rush is just too good? I would say it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And so I don't think we're in danger of seeing Haskins yanked yet. Like for the new coaching staff, he needs at least eight starts, if not more. And remember, this team isn't going to be competitive. And we clearly saw that Chase Young was limping with a groin injury. They yanked him immediately because they know they're building for the future. So we have to at least see five more starts, if not more, from Haskins because you have to figure out what you have in him. Maybe it was just a really good performance from the Browns defense. I, I we'll, we'll see. We will see. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you uh, for the most part about, you know, um, about Haskins. We're probably gonna have to see more games. In fact, we're probably seeing a better, you know, probably says more about Cleveland's defense than anything else. But um, for the most part, again, I, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll wait to see there, but uh, I'm really interested to see what, uh, uh, the roster or as far as, uh, you know, pickups will be like with Dontrell Inman this week. I'm sure, you know, he found the end zone twice, but, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, if this is another situation kind of like Naheem Hines and Benny Snell where you get some great production one week and you never hear from him again the next week. So I don't know. Um, you know, Inman's not, hasn't been much of a, doesn't have a lot of consistency to begin with in his career. He's really only had uh, one, you know, decent season and that was in 2016 back with the Chargers. So, I don't know. It'll be fun to see what the waiver wire, how it reacts to a game like that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say no, don't roster him. It's a fluke. We've kind of seen this before from him a long time ago in the past. But McLaurin is the only rosterable receiver. Had eight targets, caught just four with 83 receiving yards. And he deserves better quarterback play because Terry McLaurin is special. I do think – so we'll see. I really hope Haskins just cleans this up. Bad performance because Terry McLaurin just deserves it. In other news, though, Logan Thomas is the only other viable option in that passing game. Had seven targets, which is freaking amazing. He's been getting so many targets, but he had just 31 yards on four receptions because Haskins can't hit him at all. He hasn't been able to hit the broadside of a barn. And finally, rounding things out, Antonio Gibson found the end zone, turning nine carries into 49 yards and a score with three receptions for 11 yards. Happy days indeed. Now, the IDP MVP for this game is from the Cleveland side of the ball, but it's not one of the pass rushes. I'm actually going to go for Cleveland safety Carl Joseph. Now, this is a guy who was first-round pick for Oakland back in 2017. He had a litany of injuries, wasn't able to hold down his starting spot. He found a new life in Ohio and Cleveland, and he seems to have found a renaissance at strong safety. I talked about him in the offseason at Important Nonsense. Do find articles there, please. Um, there's a good reason on IDP and other things. But today, Joseph had four solo tackles, two assists, a forced fumble, and pass defense. Now, I know that they traded for Ronnie Harrison, but for the meantime, Kyle Joseph is a safety that you want in Cleveland. Moving on from that game, the Washington football team isn't going to compete at all. And that, they might. They really might, because uh, unfortunately the Eagles fell to 0-2-1 after a 23-23 tie with Joe Exotic's Bengals. They kind of are competing, but completely by accident. This Eagles team is just, I don't know how to describe it. It's bad. The Eagles are just awful so far. I don't know what has happened since winning the Super Bowl. They really have not uh, looked like uh, a, a very competent uh, team, in my opinion. but. The good news is, though, yet again, another Jalen Hurts sighting, two carries for eight yards. Uh, just each week, looks like he's getting added into the fold of the offense more and more. So, love to see that. 
Clinton Hurts wasn't the only QB to find rushing success in this game. Carson Wentz ran nine times for 65 and a score. That's something we really haven't seen from him too much throughout his career. But when you're running for your life behind the sieve of an offensive line, sometimes you just have to literally run away. So he didn't have much success through the air, though. 61.7 completion percent, 225 yards, and two interceptions. He did throw a touchdown to Greg Ward, who actually finished with a pretty impressive 8 for 72 with a touchdown. See how the waiver wire reacts to that. Deshaun Jackson left the game with a hamstring injury early in the game, didn't play the second half. Dallas Goddard also left the game early with an ankle injury and is expected to miss some time. He'll get an MRI tomorrow and is expected that he has a high ankle sprain. Finished the day with one catch for seven yards. Hey, and that kind of opened things back up for Zach Ertz. I mean, good to see him have a nice day, especially if you you know, you know have him in PPR leagues. Uh, he had seven catches for 70 yards. So and, you know, that's probably an ongoing debate that will uh, keep happening in the season. Ertz, Goddard, Ertz, Goddard. But right now, uh, got to go with the healthier one. And Miles Sanders dominated the carries 18 to, for 95 to Corey Clements, three for eight, and Scott's three for five. Sanders also caught four for eight targets and 12 yards. Scott had one target and no reception. So it is clear that this is Miles Sanders' backfield. There's no disputing it at this point. Speaking of uh, first round fantasy running backs, where is uh where's Joe Mixon at, you know? Did he go into witness protection? I mean, 17 carries, 49 yards, that's yeah, that's pretty disappointing. I'm I'm personally worried because I have him in our uh, important nonsense dynasty league and I'm wondering if his stock if I should be pushing the panic button on that stock. Uh, what do y'all think? I'm personally worried. Uh, thankfully, there were no carries for Gio Bernard. He's still tied with Mixon for three targets, caught all for 55 yards. Mixon only caught two for 16. So Mixon's concerning in fantasy, and the Bengal King Joe Exotic is concerning for NFL defenses. Nia, any thoughts on the Bengals to take it away? Yeah, look, um, just on Joe Mixon, I am very concerned in redraft. He is killing me in one of my leagues, but um, that's for me to deal with. But in Dynasty, I think he's a sneaky by low. Um, I'd like to get Mr. Dr. Dynasty's thoughts on that. Um, but just in terms of the IDP MVP, it is actually on the Philadelphia side of the ball. It is a joint award. It is two defensive ends, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett. So they were heroes in the Super Bowl victory two years ago. And today, they both had four tackles and two sacks. Now, I give them both the award because of their not just their stats, but I want to point out that Cincinnati, while they're very competitive on offense, they do allow a lot of quarterback pressure. They have allowed a lot of quarterback pressure in the first three weeks of the season. Joe Burrow hasn't been protected as well as he probably could have been. So for the time being, if you have defensive ends going up against Cincinnati, start them with confidence. And to round things out, Joe Burrow completed 70.5% of his 44 attempts, 312 yards, two scores. What a day. And it appears that the connection with Tyler Boyd is growing. Boyd led the team with 13 targets, catching 10, 125 yards. A.J. Green, on the other hand, hauled in five of six for just 36 yards. And so Mr. Green admitted he was rusty earlier, and it appears it still is so. Hey, but uh, the Tiger King is also building chemistry with another rookie, on the team, that's T. Higgins. He found the end zone with Higgins twice today. Love to see that. There were sort of some comparisons of, you know, Burrow and Higgins coming in together, like Dalton and A.J. Green came in together. So uh, whether that emerges or not is yet to be seen. But, hey, two touchdowns is, uh, is, is great any day.
And we are now four games through our week three Sunday breakdown, but really we've been working overtime with this fifth quarter with this fifth quarter game that we got in Philly. So I need a break. Clearly I'm starting to stutter all over the place. So you all need to hear from our wonderful sponsors and the amazing at nonsense underscore Steve, Steve Bonham. And we're back. It's always so nice to hear from Steve. And it's also so nice to spend your day watching Josh Allen play quarterback. He might be the most fun to watch quarterback in the NFL. Bills go up 28-3 to and almost blow it. But the Bills pull out the win thanks to the Herculean effort by Josh Allen. I think we have all of the evidence we need to know that the Bills are, in fact, a legit good team. They not only won today over another good team, I think, in, in the LA Rams, but they were able to cover uh, good teams not only win, they cover cover the spread, but Josh Allen is the story of the game. He had five total touchdowns. So I have to ask, uh, do we now have to start considering Josh Allen in that sort of that elite fantasy quarterback uh, tier that I think we were talking about in the offseason where we probably would have said, you know, Wilson, um, uh, Mahomes, Jackson, obviously, and then Deshaun Watson, and depending on who you're asking, probably Deshaun Watson. Now I'm one, and Dak Prescott. Now is uh, is Allen in that elite class as well? Till we see otherwise, we honestly kind of have to admit that it's indisputable at this point. The Bills have cracked the code on Josh Allen, and everyone in that offense is benefiting. Cole Beasley had six for 100. Gabriel Davis had four for 81. Quiet day from Diggs, four for 49, bailed out by the score he had. Unfortunately, though, the foot issues may have taken its toll on John Brown. Just two targets and no receptions. Yeah, and another bill uh, to to keep your eye on is Tyler Croft. He filled in today for for uh, a uh, for Dalton Knox, who was who was scratched from the roster today. I would highly recommend go out and grab Dalton Knox. He had two scores, uh, and the Bills. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it become one of those offenses in terms of dynasty that I want as many bites from that apple as possible. Uh, and so, if I can get it, you know, I can get a bite. Uh, in terms of that offense at a cheap price with Tyler Croft, I would go ahead and pick him up uh, for dynasty purposes. Moving on to the Rams side of the ball, Jared Koff with another solid day in fantasy, even had a rushing score. Never see that out of him. Completed 71.9% of his passes, 321 yards and two scores to go with his one on the ground. Did have an interception as well. So classic Jared Goff. It's because he's not really that good at playing quarterback. Saw both Cup and Woods go over 100 yards from scrimmage, but not Tyler Higby. So remember on the Friday show when Jason said Cup was going to be a bust and Tyler Higby scores all the touchdowns and I said, no, Cup is actually pretty good in the red zone because he's going to score this week. Yeah, I sure remember that. Eat it, Jason. Anyways, they were great. Daryl Henderson, great as well. Yeah, another great game, a 100-yard game for Daryl Henderson. I mean, I'm starting to wonder with the way this offense is flowing and clicking, is is Daryl Henderson, a, is he the next Todd Gurley? Is he Gurley 2.0 for this offense? Kind of looks like it. Malcolm Brown was limited to seven carries for 19 yards coming off the finger issue, and Daryl Henderson is confirmed baller. Let's see if he can keep that job. Speaking of ballers, let's give it off for Aaron Donald, defensive tackle in fantasy that actually plays like a defensive end, so use that nugget for your um, lineups. This guy had a slow game last week. People said he was a bit off, but he came back with a vengeance this week. In fact, um, he had five solo tackles, one assist, a fumble recovery, which was a fumble that he forced as well, and two sacks. That's a pretty good day at the office. In fact, it reminds me of when a member of the Bills organization was interviewed this week. They were asked, how are we going to stop Aaron Donald? And the person just said, well, you're just going to hope he doesn't make the bus trip. Well, he not only got on the bus, but he got into the backfield and got a couple of sacks. So he is back. 
is just so talented. I am so I'm really glad we have Nee on the show now because before we had no opportunity to talk about defensive players at all. The world needs to hear about Aaron Donald more. He is just so talented. We also saw a respectable performance from Ben Roethlisberger, completed 63.9% of his passes, 237 yards and two scores. But the story of the day was James Conner topping 100 yards for the second consecutive week. Also had a score, so great fantasy day for Conner, especially with Snell kind of getting 11 carries and 11 yards on seven carries. doesn't matter which way you flip it. It's an ugly day from Snell either way. But there is someone else who stood out in this Steelers backfield that isn't James Conner, who I know we're all over. Yes, sir. His name is Anthony McFarland. He is my one of my off-season darlings. I picked him up in my rookie drafts wherever I could. I'm stashing my bench and redraft. And he got some work. He got a few carries for his trouble today, and he made use of them. Mr. McFarland had six carries for 42 yards. So, friends, the McFarland train is leaving the station. You better get on board. Wow, I, I don't know if we need John anymore. If we've got knee breaking down the dynasty takes like this, John, you are on notice officially. Wow. Anyways, Deontay Johnson didn't catch either of his targets and was later entering into the concussion protocol after getting rocked on a nine-yard run. So it was unfortunate to see from him, and it ended up being a pretty quiet day from all the pass catchers after he left. Eric Ebron led the way with a great performance for a tight end, caught five for 52, and a touchdown. So at tight end, you can't ask for anything more than that. Juju, a little bit of a slower day, four for 43, but he had the touchdown to save his day once again. Again, but it's really disappointing what we've seen from Juju and the lack of targets. Also, James Washington caught five for 36, so it's all kind of just uh, a yawn there. But um, anyways, moving on to the Texans side of ball, also kind of a snooze fest. No, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Deshaun Watson, 19 for 27, 264 yards, two scores and a pick. And the only guy who actually really mattered was Randall Cobb, who no one was playing because he hasn't done anything, you know while so caught four for 95 which was weird will also had a score will fuller popped in for 54 yards and a tug on his four receptions and david johnson finished today with 46 yards on 15 touches against the dominant steelers run d but two of those touches were reception and he scored a touchdown to save his day in fantasy but overall this texans offense is looking pretty rough it's a quiet day for a 28 to 21 game so if you're deshaun watson gm you're probably frustrated but he gets the viking next week so that's a perfect time to rebound Indeed. Um, he's probably missing his friend, Mr. Hopkins, but that's a discussion for another day. The IDP MVP in this game is actually cornerback from the Steelers, Mike Hilton. He terrorized Mr. Watson and his passes all day long. He had eight tackles, one interception, and a pass defense. Now, if you have to start a cornerback in your leagues, I would look at Mr. Hilton. This is the second week in a row where he's had eight tackles. And he also has a couple of sacks in his locker for the season already, and it's with three. So the guy has big plays in his locker. Moving on to the next game, the 49ers cruised by the Giants without the gorgeous one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Also missing tight end George Kittle, running back Raheem Mostair, cornerback Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, the, the defensive end, D-tackle Solomon Thomas, and I'm probably missing people and I'm kind of out of breath reading all of that. I know backup tight end Jordan Reed left the game at one point with ankle and knee injuries. None of it mattered though. Nick Mullins completed a nice 69.4% of his passes and a touchdown to boot. Yes, yes, yes. And as a Niners fan, you love to see it. I remember when this guy was thrown into the mix. He was kind of thrown to the deep end a couple of years ago. But today, he stepped up, got the win for the Niners. You love to see it. So, my question for Dr. Dynasty is this. Will Nick Mullins get a starting gig in the future, or is he career backup material? 
I'm glad you asked that, Nee, because I actually wrote about this last week on my weekly dynasty report that anybody can go and read at importantnonsense.com. Um, but I actually think Nick Mullins is one of those guys that uh, we should be on the lookout as a potential starter in the future. He's going to be a restricted free agent in, in 2021. And I mean, I can already think of a few teams off the top of my head who might be in need of a quarterback, a different quarterback. I mean, uh, the Bears, potentially the Giants, the Jets. Uh, and, and, you know, he had another decent game today. He's a, a career passer above, you know, uh, above 60%. So you like to see that. And I think if you can put him in an offense like the one with Shanahan's uh, or something comparable, I think he can definitely be a starting caliber quarterback somewhere. And I said on the Friday show with Jason, Nick Mullins isn't bad and he might actually be good. And he looked pretty damn good today. This is one to watch going forward. And Mullins' success led to a big day from the rookie Brandon Ayuk, who finally got things going. Five receptions, 70 yards, 14 yards a catch, plus three carries, 31 and a touchdown. So top the 100-yard mark for the first time in his career. It'll be interesting to see how this shake out, shakes out when Debo Samuel returns. But this is an electric offense if they can get healthy. And Brandon Ayuk is special. It wasn't just Ayuk, though, who had a big game. We all expected Jared McKinnon to get all the work, and he did to an extent. He led the team with 14 carries, only 38 rushing yards, though, and he did have a rushing score. Three receptions for 39 yards, though, was the main thing for him. But it was backup Jeff Wilson who led fantasy circles. Oh, and I forgot to mention McKinnon left it in the fourth quarter with an upper rib injury too, so that's great. But anyways, back to Wilson. Turned 12 carries into 15 yards, which wasn't so good, but he had a score there, and he turned three receptions into 54 and another score. 19.9 fantasy points before you add any of the receptions in. This backfield's a headache to figure out who's going to ball on a week-to-week basis, but it's going to be a productive headache, and it's one worth taking the risk on. Guys, I, I, do we have to talk about the Giants? We have to legally, probably, but ethically, I don't know. It's a pretty murky area. Okay, I'm gonna rip through this real quick. Daniel Jones, 53% of his passes, only 179 yards and an interception. And not even the 49 rushing yards could save his day, which means Darius Slayton disappointed, three for 53, Golden Tate, five for 36, and Evan Ingram, three for 22. Offense stunk. And, you know, I love to say I told you so. I love to say I told you so. And I told you so, Jason. This backfield stinks. Deion Lewis, one carry for no yards, one reception for 10 yards. Devonta Freeman, no better. Five carries, 10 yards. Wayne Gallman, seven yards on four carries, two receptions for seven yards. So if Saquon Barkley can't be productive here, none of these backs can, and it's not going to change in the future. I'm done. I'm done talking about the Giants. Let's move on. Before we move on, quick check in with the I. IDP MVP of this game. Now, I'm going to shout out my man, Aiden Ware. He is our DFS um, aficionado within the realms of important nonsense. He and I had a, a quick back and forth this morning talking about the, the Giants' run defense. I didn't read it, but he made some good points about how they've tracked over the first couple of weeks. And they did a pretty good job today against a, a team that is notorious for leaning on the run. So, with that in mind, the MVP is linebacker. Blake Martinez from the Giants. He had four tackles, five assists, and a sack. He's come over from Green Bay, and he's taken his productivity with him. Pick him up in fantasy if you can. All right, I'm, I'm okay with talking about the Giants in terms of IDP, as long as it's not the offense, because that stunk. And we talked earlier about how the Bills blew, almost blew a 28-3 lead. Josh Allen saved the day, though, so does this officially make Josh Allen better than Matt Ryan? Because what a collapse by the Falcons once again! They led 26-10 to entering the fourth quarter, gave up 20 unanswered points to big Richard Nick Foles. Can you believe it, guys? 
I, I, I just, I, I almost can't believe that the Falcons have blew another lead. I mean, certain franchises are synonymous with, you know, blowing games, but now Atlanta has to be in that conversation. But I think also the good news on this, uh, if you're not an Atlanta fan, is though uh, you probably should go ahead and push all of your chips in on getting Dan Quinn as the first coach fired. Uh, last I checked on Odd Shark, that's plus three fifty. Uh, but another takeaway from this game is we we saw, like you said, Nick Foles took over. Uh, we, we probably have seen the last days of Malibu Mitch, uh, the future XFL MVP, uh, perhaps. Uh, but I just I don't know how the Bears could possibly go back uh, to uh, Mitch Trubisky with the way they were able to pull that comeback off with Foles. I just and short of an injury. Can't do it, won't do it. Foles had to sling it 29 attempts in a comeback mode after Trubisky already had 22. Ended up with 188 yards and three scores from Foles, 16 completions with an interception as well. And Allen Robinson should be thrilled. 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a score on 13 targets. Oh, who knew? Who knew that Allen Robinson, as soon as he got accurate targets in his area, he would be good? Oh, yeah, that was us. We all knew that. It wasn't just there. Allen Robinson who saw the boost, though. The corpse of Jimmy Graham rose from the dead. Six receptions, 60 yards, and two scores. Who would have thunk it? I hope you weren't playing Graham at tight end, but if you were, you were rewarded greatly for that. Anthony Miller also caught 241 in the score. So the Bears say they're going to celebrate the win tonight before making the tough QB decision. And I understand that they do deserve to celebrate because that was quite a win. But this is Nick Foles' job going forward. And there's no arguing that at all. Mitchell Trubisky is done. Uh, Wrapping things up in Chicago, though, Tariq Cohen suffered a suspected ACL tear and will have an MRI tomorrow, but unfortunately his season is likely over. He will be back with the Bears in 2021, no matter who the quarterback is, though, after signing a three-year contract last week. So moving from the 3-0 and Bears to the 0-3 Falcons, who saw that coming? Ryan completed just 50% of his attempts with Julio out, 238 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Yeah, and another 100-yard game for Calvin Ridley. Um, even with the context of Julio Jones being out, I'm starting to wonder, is Calvin Ridley the go-to receiver in Atlanta? Has he supplanted uh, Julio Jones? And, and sort of a related question, uh, how, how worried should fantasy owners or dynasty players be about Julio Jones um, losing touches and targets and also missing today's game is, has to be concerning. Keep in mind, Ridley secured just five of his 13 targets, and Russell Gage also went down with a head injury. So it was really only Ridley there, and he had a good game, but he still only had five receptions on 13 targets. Uh, my personal UDFA crush from 2019, Alameda Zacchaeus, did catch 441, and he would have had a score if Matt Ryan didn't overthrow him. So that's good, but I think there is going to be enough room for both Julio and Calvin Ridley when he returns. He's going to be his usual self, but there's no denying what Calvin Ridley has done, and we do need to worry a little bit about Julio going forward with that hamstring. Another question about this offense, I wonder, is Brian Hill the better running back for Atlanta in their offense? Um, you know, Gurley got more carries, 14 to Hill's nine, but Hill was able to do more, I think, with his touches on a, on a per carry basis. And he also found the end zone and he had a really nice grab, a 22 yard catch. Just so seeing him more involved in that offense and, and ways of pass catching. I'm just wondering, um, are we going to start seeing a switch or a fade of Gurley and more Brian Hill? I certainly hope not, Doc, because I picked up Gurley in a couple of my leagues this year thinking that. He was going to have a bounce back in his hometown of Atlanta, but yeah, they seem to find a way to, to lose from a winning position. Anyway, one shining light on the Falcons' side of the ball was linebacker Michael Walker. He came through with six tackles, two, two um, solo, and 
a fumble forced. Now, this is a, a linebacking core that's usually led by Deion Jones, but today it is Walker's time to shine. He could be getting more work potentially as the Atlantic puts themselves in these awkward positions. He's a name to watch going forward. And Maddie Ice versus Big Richard Nick will wrap up the afternoon slate. And you may have noticed the afternoon contest a little bit lighter this week. We have a whole two games fewer this week in that slot. And instead, we have a loaded evening slate. So if you have a problem with that, I don't know what to tell you. Call NFL schedule makers. But I am just a humble podcaster at their mercy. Or you can blame Jason if you'd like. It is at that FF nerd Jason Draven's fault always. Uh, anyways, we're going to move on to that. We will be right back. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right, and there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. Stat Shootout, you put together a two or three player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee. Or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee. Obviously, you gotta go big or go home. Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward. Yup, I only need to get two out of three matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then, when I go all in, and I can get five out of five, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number. Just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve you can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. I do love free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. Go sign up on Monkey Night Fight with the promo code NONSENSE and get in on the action this weekend. Fantastic. What intelligent-sounding gentlemen we just heard from. I'm sure you have. they have a show that you can listen to late Friday night, first thing Saturday morning, previewing the weekend slate. And they probably do cool things like Trust Your Bus, too. Anyways, the evening slate brings us to the main event of the night. If you were making plays over on Monkey Night Fight, I'm certain that this game was heavily involved in your lineups. Dallas Cowboys faced off against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks continue to let Russ cook. Seahawks have now scored 30-plus in all three games this season. I have a feeling Russ is finally going to get more than an MVP vote this year. Yeah, no doubt. I think he'll get more than a vote or two. Um, but what a just a what a fun game. I mean, we get this game today. We get the Ravens, Chiefs the next night. I mean, the NFL must love us. 
for for such a schedule. But Russ is unbelievable. Definitely the story of the game. But from a fantasy perspective, love to see Tyler Lockett just balling out. Nine receptions, 100 yards, three scores. So I have to ask, with Russ cooking, uh, can we now can we vault or should we vault Lockett up into that elite class of fantasy wide receivers? I think this is an elite passing game, period, and it has two primary targets. So much like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs did two years ago, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did last year, Lockett and Metcalf are must-starts week in and week out. Lockett was a star in week three, where Metcalf was a star the week before. Uh, DK is no slouch either. So he caught four of eight, went for 110 yards and a score, but he had could have had two on the day if he doesn't pull a Leon Lett. Metcalf burns Trayvon Diggs for a long score, except DK lets up five yards early. Diggs forces the fumble through the back of the end zone, and it's a touchback. Doesn't matter. Seahawks win anyways. This offense is cooking, although it looks like they may be without the services of Chris Carson, who went down grabbing his left knee late in the fourth quarter. The trainers were testing his knee, and he walked off by himself, but as we know, that doesn't really mean anything in terms of injury, so we will not speculate there finished the day with 14 carries for 64 yards and three receptions for 12 thoughts are with chris carson and hopefully this isn't too much of uh, an issue because he has looked fantastic this year if he were to miss carlos hyde travis homer combined for six yard carries and 31 yards in his stead they would likely be a split in the backfield without him but on the Cowboys' side of the ball, Dak continues to be forced to just huck it up and down the field because this defense is terrible. They can, probably at this point would give up 100 yards and two touchdowns to Kelvin Benjamin. It was awful. Dak had to throw the ball 57 times, completed 64.9% of his passes, 472 yards, three scores while adding 26 with his legs. So two interceptions bring his totals down a little bit. But what a game from Dak. And finally, what a game from Michael Gallup. Six receptions, 138 yards and a touchdown. I told you this was coming. This is a big I told you so episode for me, and I am loving it. So uh, it was bound to happen eventually. We also saw Amari Cooper catch nine balls for 86 yards. C.D. Lamb relegated to five for 65. And shockingly enough, Cedric Wilson ended up being a star this game. Five balls, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Weird, but Dak is just good enough that everyone gets to eat, except for kind of Zeke Elliott, 14 carries for 34 yards, six receptions for 24. But the rushing touchdown was the lone bright spot. I'm so happy to see Michael Gallup as a dynasty, someone who has him in a dynasty league. I'm so happy to see Michael Gallup finally get out of witness protection. I was just so worried. He'd already packed his toothbrush. He was ready to go on the lamb, and we'd never see him again with C.D. Lamb balling out. Um, but that's just my takeaway from this. This offense, when it's cooking, it can really feed a lot of mouths, as you said earlier. Speaking of cooking, uh, I want to talk about some spicy, spicy IDP um, numbers. Our friend, a friend from the past, his name is A. Smith. I'm not talking about Alex Smith, the quarterback. I'm talking about Olden Smith, the defensive end. And as a 49ers fan, I saw this guy at the top of his game back in the day, and then he got into some trouble. He left the league. He then turned things around. Now, he worked with some guys from Merging Vets players, led by Jason Lacanfora and former long snapper from Texas Longhorns and Seattle Seahawks, Nate Boy, who I talked to in the offseason. And they've, they've made Smith great again. Today, Smith had four solo tackles, three sacks, and one pass defense. His comeback tour continues. If you need a defensive end in IDP, Alden Smith is your man. With all the fun we just had there, we pivoted into something much less fun. The Colts crushed the Jets 36-7. In the pregame, it came out the Jets' ownership has heard the pleas of fans, and the higher-ups are reassessing the future of the team. So Jets play the Broncos on Thursday night football, and it's interesting to see the fallout if they lose that and go 0-4. 
just like the Giants, I mean, do we really have to talk about the Jets? I mean, okay, I guess we do, but poor Sam Darnold. Um, three picks, two of those are pick sixes. He's seeing ghosts again. Um, I don't know. I know it's time to pull the plug on Adam Gase in terms of his his coaching tenure there, but uh, it makes me wonder, do we need to start considering pulling the plug on Sam Darnold uh, as a starting quarterback there? Um, but really the good note, I mean, one of the few bright spots was Braxton Berrios, another sighting. Uh, he caught a touchdown, looked pretty good today. I think that's one of the few silver linings whenever your entire receiving lineup is out. You get to see guys come in and play and, and, and make some plays who you normally wouldn't see. Uh, and insert a 5'9 uh, player out of Miami, uh, Braxton Berrios. So keep keep an eye on him for dynasty purposes. That was the lone bright spot because really we – we shouldn't have to talk about the Jets, but unfortunately we are forced to. Interested to see what Sam Darnold can do when and if they move on from Adam Gase. Much the way Baker improved without Hugh Jackson. But if the Jets land a top three pick, they absolutely have to take Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance. Sorry, Sam, but you know he's young enough, still just 23, would catch on somewhere else. You can't pass on talents like that. But we're done with the Jets, thankfully. Uh, honestly, Colts' offense wasn't that great in fantasy because the defense did all the work for them because the Jets' offense was so bad. Like you said, had those two pick sixes. So Phil Rivers completed 81% of his passes, but only threw it 21 times, 217 yards in a score. Jonathan touchdown Taylor had 13 carries, 59, and he did have a touchdown like his name. Jordan Wilkins, 9 for 37, and we did see the Naheem Hines come out of retirement. Disappeared in week two. Hines had seven carries for 21 yards, four receptions for 40. Overall, just a quiet day on this offense. Yeah, but hey, the Mo Alley Cox train just keeps on rolling. I mean, another game, three for three, found the end zone, 50 yards and a score, so... Uh, I think this is a team that I was sort of down on to start the year. I was a little concerned about Phillip Rivers, but uh, I think when they really get going, they're one of the uh, better fantasy offenses to have uh, have stock in. And their fantasy defense is one of the better units to have stock in. I was high on them in the offseason. I know those were conjecture as to whether Indianapolis is a good defensive and special teams unit to have, but today, today we saw something. The way they scored the touchdown, the open play, that tells us, one, the Indianapolis defense is more than decent. And two, start your defenses against the Jets. Don't overthink it. Jets are playing X. Start X with confidence. IDP MVP for this game is cornerback TJ Carey. Now, this guy had three tackles, one assist, a pick, a pass defense, and a touchdown. you love to see it game from TJ Carey while Justin Herbert continues to search for the first win of his career. Teddy Bridgewater on the other hand secures the first of his fate ah, secures the first win as his face of the Carolina Panthers. Classic Bridgewater game 78.6% of his passes completed no picks one touchdown. Teddy's just good at playing quarterback. He's just a winner. The Panthers aren't going to make the playoffs but they're going to supply prize a lot of teams play spoiler for a lot of them thinking that they can just get the easy W against a weak defense quiet day from the pass catchers however slower paced game stingy chargers defense more caught two for 65 robbie anderson five for 55 and he continues to look like a complete receiver now that he's escaped gase but the man we were all talking about all week ahead of time mike davis he might not be christian mccaffrey but he put in work as a receiver caught eight balls from check down king teddy bridgewater so if you play in ppr that saved you alone 45 yards in a score to go with 13 carries for 46 yards clearly the back in carolina reggie bonifon had two carries for 16 yards curtis samuel no threat at all four carries for seven 
But on the other side of the uh, of the equation, I mean, Keenan Allen, oh my gosh, the chemistry that he already has with Justin Herbert is unbelievable. He caught 13 passes on 19 targets for 132 yards and a score. Coming into the year, the knock on Allen was, hey, what's his chemistry going to be like with Herbert or Tyrod Taylor? And so far, I don't think it really matters. I think Keenan Allen just knows how to ball out. So throw him the ball and he's going to get it. Keenan Allen confirmed baller. Herbert had a pretty good day too. 330 yards with the score while completing 71.4% of his passes. Had the interception as well, but Austin Eckler had himself a day. Caught 11 of his targets for 84 yards and 12 carries for 59 in a score. Brings him to 147 yards from scrimmage. Unfortunately though, that left not much on the bone from Joshua Kelly. Still had 5.4 a carry, but he had just 8 carries for 43 yards, 2 receptions for 9. So a little bit of disappointing for people like me who thought Kelly was in for a big one. But it's nice to see that from Austin Eckler. Yes, yes, yes. And Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly. They, they put in the work against Carolina. What this tells me is I think you can feel confident about starting your runbacks against the Carolina defense. They're, they're just not that good at stopping the rushing attack. Anyway, that means opportunity on the IDP side of the ball. And Shaq Thompson is my, he is my MVP today. He's a linebacker from Carolina. He's picked up the slack with Luke Keekley's retirement. He had eight tackles, five assists, one forced fumble, one fumble which he then recovered, and then two pass defenses just to top it off. So... Start your running, start your IDP linebackers against Carolina. Cannot stop the run. So start your linebackers on that basis. To quote the great Mark Twain, whose real name is Samuel Clemens, by the way, the report of my death was an exaggeration. Expecting to hear a different little quote there? Well, you and most people are wrong and you don't actually know the quote. Sorry about that. And all of you who said Brady was dead are also wrong. 65.8% completion rates, 297 yards, three touchdowns, and for the first time this season, no interceptions. Good on you, Tom. Oh, what a day for Brady and also what a day for Brady to Evans. I mean, the Kaching uh, money ball there. Uh, two catches only for two yards and two touchdowns. I know that's kind of a really weird score line, box score line, but anytime you see Evans and, and Brady connecting in the end zone is great. But it was also great to see Scotty Miller showing up, leading the Bucks in yards with 83 yards and three catches. Just love to see him getting more and more involved, even with so many mouths to feed. Godwin also got in on the action in his return from a concussion, finds the end zone, recorded 64 yards and five grabs. And the death of Gronk may have been an exaggeration as well, because Gronk is back, baby. Well, sort of. He, they finally got him involved in the offense. Six receptions, which is a season high. Seven targets, which led the team in 48 yards. So Gronk is still here. Hey, Jack, you know who else is still here? I don't know if you I don't. You may have noticed something in the stat line, but uh, Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette had the same. They split the backfield yet again. So looks like Ronald Jones is here to stay. I, I thought we discussed that this was a victory lap show for me. John, how could you do this? I can't believe you've done this. I wanted to skip over this one. Of course, you won't let me. Jones had 13 carries, 53 yards. Fournette, 7 for 15. Both backs had two receptions. Jones had 20 yards on them, and Fournette had 7. 
Not a compelling day for my Leonard Fournette table pounding, so John, you can take your victory lap there. But at least I was not telling you to draft Melvin Gordon because P.U. he stunk. Eight carries, 26 yards, four receptions for 12 yards. Royce Freeman sighting mixed in two receptions and 31 yards, so shout out at Jordan McDonald. And two carries, four yards for him as well. But it's an ugly backfield and the ugly offense with Drew Locke out. Jeff Driscoll got the start. Terrible. 17 for 30, 176 yards and a touchdown. Interception before getting benched by second-year rookie UDFA. Boise State's former quarterback, Brett Ripien. I think I said that right. I don't know. Eight for nine, 53 yards. Kind of impressive. And then he threw a pick to end the game. So it is time for the best of all time. The Boat. Blake Bortles is time to take for her. It is time for him to take over for the Denver Broncos and lead Denver into a Thursday night win against the Jets. Save us all from Adam Gase. What a storyline that is. I, I can't think of a more compelling storyline than that one, uh, Jack. So I'm, I'm hoping that happens as well. But regardless of who is playing quarterback for the Broncos, let's just give it up. Uh, uh, for Noah fan. This guy just has a, a knack for catching, catching the ball regardless of who's playing quarterback uh, for the Broncos. He was one of my preseason darlings as, as a potential uh, elite tight end in fantasy. I think now in PPR leagues, uh, I think owners of, of Noah Fanstock are, are, are uh, reaping the rewards. Speaking of reaping the rewards, we've got to give a shout-out to big, big Shaq, Shaq Barrett. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been listening to the show for a little bit, you'll know that I preach about Putting linebackers in your linebacker slot that get tackles. I'll make two exceptions. Now, one exception is TJ Watt, and another is Shaq Barrett. These are guys that tend to sit outside at the outside linebacker spot, but they produce enough in IDP that you can put him in your linebacker spot and feel good about it. Today, Mr. Barrett got five tackles, one assist, and two sacks. The guy's back. It was a revenge game for Barrett. If you remember, he was a former first-round pick by the Broncos. Shipped away because they drafted Bradley Chubb instead. So you'd love to see that revenge narrative. But that kind of advice is the stuff that you can only get from the Important Nonsense podcast and me, Wallace Bruce. We're going to close it out here with our Detroit Lions eking out a victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Saw a resurrection of fourth-quarter comeback king Matthew Stafford. Has to feel good if you're a Lions fan. Detroit was a popular Dark Horse candidate for the playoffs. Embarrassing through two weeks, though, and Stafford said, no more, I'm done with that. Completed 71% of his 31 attempts, 270 yards as he ran, reunited with his best friend, Baby Tron Kenny Galladay. Six to seven targets for 57 yards and a score, which is great after he was dealing with that hamstring injury, and you never know how those will respond. Uh, on top of that, Galladay looked good. Also, TJ Hawkinson solid, four for 53. Quiet day for Marvin Jones, though, with three for 51, but he caught all three of his targets, so you really can't ask for much more from him. But what we can ask for is for the Detroit Lions coaching staff to make better decisions about how they use their running backs. DeAndre Swift did not have a carry, and that is a mistake. You drafted him in the second round, and you give Adrian Peterson 22 carries for 75 yards, and he just had 3.4 yards a pop. That's dumb. And even when you did spell him, it was carry on Johnson for three carries, 16 yards. Like, give DeAndre Swift those 22 carries, and I promise you that you will be so much happier with the results than you what you are getting currently. It's an embarrassment. I'm still happy about the win. Swift caught one of his two targets for 19 yards, and we deserve better. Yeah, I mean, Detroit's going to do Detroit things. And so on the flip side of it, th talking about a team 
who's making uh, fewer and fewer mistakes, it seems like. It's Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he's just so unbelievable to watch. I mean, I know he had a few turnovers today, um, but I just love watching this guy play. And finally, I'm sure you were happy to see this, Jack, but Andy Isabella finds the end zone. <laughs> yeah, right? Finds the, the end zone a couple times. So that was really cool to see. Um, but you know what? I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath for much longer, but I'm still waiting around for Kenyon Drake to have a, a breakout game. I mean, he looked just dominant last year to close out the season, and and uh, I'm still kind of waiting for one of those games. But uh, so far, so f- I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, aren't we all who drafted Kenyon Drake in the first round? Uh, 18 carries, 73 yards, and six-yard reception is fine, but Kyler just keeps hogging those rushing scores to himself, and it's a problem for us in fantasy, but Kyler is just absolutely great. 23 of 35, 270 yards through the air, two scores on the gr- or in through the air, 29 yards on five carries with another score on the ground, but he's kind of undone by three interceptions to lose the game. Doesn't matter, still balling in fantasy. Love to see how much he's matured already in his short career, and DeAndre Hawkins clearly a big part of that caught 10 for 10 of his 12 targets for 137 yards my word he is talented yep and you just know that Deshaun Watson's punching the air every time DeAndre makes a catch that those two have chemistry like they've been playing for years over in Arizona today's IDP MVP is on the other side of the ball though it's Tracy Walker from the Detroit Lions he had 10 solo tackles and two assists double digit tackles are that's what you want in IDP Get your double-digit tackles and you're good. I also want to give a special mention to Jeffrey Okuda, the top-rated cornerback out of Detroit. He got picked on a little bit today at six tackles. If you need a cornerback in your leagues, I would look at him because some of the more talented quarterbacks will be looking for Mr. Okuda in their looks. And that's going to do it from us over here on the Important Nonsense Podcast. As always, you have been an absolutely fantastic audience, and I hope you've enjoyed this journey that we've been able to recap with you. Uh, I'm sure Steve doesn't have to make me cut one of you because I've really, really enjoyed this. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. And at that point, we may have to run a Twitter poll or flip a coin because I don't know how I could choose. You were both just so good at this. So for now, the two of you are safe, though. We have a full 13 games to cover in week four. Four. Bring your A game next week, though, because we do enter the buys after that. So, John, do you have any parting words for all your loving fans in the metaphorical stands? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, you know, you might be a fantasy football machine and building your team, but guess what? You also need water and sunlight, just like a houseplant does. So, make sure you're taking good care of yourself. Take mental health breaks. Go for a walk. Call a friend. Whatever you got to do, just be good to yourself because this is a season-long event and we want you showing up every week uh, at your best. So be good to yourself and be safe and be good to others. How lovely. Just so, so wholesome. I love the wholesomeness on this show. So don't forget to follow John over on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC. And if you play Dynasty and you don't follow Dr. Dynasty, you're doing yourself a disservice. So like he said, be kind to yourself. Follow this good sir. Your dynasty team's going to thank you for it. Just like your IDP team will thank you for listening to the advice of Nee Wallace Bruce. Nee, what a drop of genius you have been leaving fans all throughout the show. Do you have any final just parting drops of wisdom as we exit Sunday? Yes, sir. Uh, we have three weeks in as we said from the jump. So if you're 0-3 after tomorrow's game, don't lose hope. And if you're 3-0 and after tomorrow's Monday Night Football Encounter, don't get complacent because the bye weeks are coming and that's going to level things out with players going on their week off and the player pool being shrunk. Um, you're going to need to work 
on your team and churn your bench a little bit. I'm going to have a piece up on importantnonsense.com talking about that and some moves you can make to to really extend your run in the regular season. Also, don't forget to hydrate, mask up, and be good to each other. Be sure to follow this man over on Instagram at the real NWB because he's constantly dropping thought-provoking content about fantasy football, IDP, and the world of sports, and just life in general, as you heard. He just fantastic. I cannot stress enough how much you need to follow both of these men and the rest of the important nonsensers and all that they produce over on importantnonsense.com and on all the socials at nonsenseff. As always, I've been your host at Javanaugh87, and it's been a delightful time recapping week with you and if you've enjoyed yourself be sure to toss us a five-star rating and review and if you haven't enjoyed yourself then i do recommend you hit that subscribe button because that way you'll be alerted when the big boss show comes up midweek you'll be able to hear from steve and neil and they can convince you that the rest of us know what they are doing even if i don't know what i'm doing so be sure to follow them at nonsense underscore steve and at nonsense underscore neil and direct all your complaints to at that ff nerd we hope you've enjoyed your week three stay safe good luck with those Monday night matchups and most importantly don't forget to keep up the nonsense music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com kaboom